0: on this edition of the Iowa Business Report.
1: How do those folks show up to work? When do they show up to work? And do they stay in their jobs, get promoted, or do they have to have turnover because childcare doesn't work out?
0: One of the chief roadblocks to developing a strong workforce is childcare. The GDP is on the rebound, but it was a weak year overall in 2020. And we'll introduce you to an Iowa business that helps other businesses with their zeros and ones. This is the Iowa Business Report for the final weekend of January 2021. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. At first glance, access to affordable childcare may not seem like a focus of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, but it's actually very directly connected, as I learned when I talked recently with Julia Barfield, Senior Manager of Policy and Programs at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation's Center for Education and Workforce.
1: What people don't realize is that there is actually a pretty direct connection between our workforce and our economic well being and our access and supply of childcare in this country. And that's truly because childcare is this two generation investment. So, on the one hand, you have working parents today, right? There's about 14 million in this country who are in their prime working years who have young children under the age of five. And they are constantly juggling finding childcare, feeling like their childcare is secure. Needing different childcare, moving things around, rearranging schedules, and that directly impacts businesses today of every size, every sector, in every part of this country. Of how do those folks show up to work? When do they show up to work? And do they stay in their jobs, get promoted, or do they have to have turnover because childcare doesn't work out? On the other hand, we also have our future workforce. So, what we know about brain science over the past 10, 20 years is that really the first five years of life are when we have the best opportunity to lay a strong foundation for a child's success. You know, the technology that you and I are using today, this video, you know, Zoom, is some of the best video technology we've ever seen, right? But to a two year old, a three year old, that is the worst technology they're going to ever see in their lives. And so what we have in the first five years of life is this opportunity to lay a strong foundation with the executive function skills, problem solving, critical thinking, conflict resolution, all the things that you and I do really, we use it in our jobs every day. We need to lay that strong foundation so that when kids enter school, they're prepared to learn and be successful in a labor market that we can't quite predict.
0: And that's fascinating to me that we have these two separate tracks because we hear all the time that we can't find enough skilled, appropriately skilled workers. And that's right. especially the case here in Iowa. And so you've got the issue of finding workers and then, well, those workers are going to need the child care. That's the fundamental issue that you mentioned. But then it's the development of the workforce in so many ways from the moment that they begin formal education.
1: Yeah. People come to this issue from different angles. We are definitely coming at this from an economic one. But if you're a small business owner, you might be concerned about keeping the lights on, making payroll, you might be less concerned about your future workforce. And I get that. But if you're an IT company, if you're building software, if you're in AI, you probably are pretty concerned about the education of, you know, your future workforce. And so I think it's okay for all of us to come to this conversation from different angles, knowing that, We all benefit ultimately when when we have access to childcare.
0: How does Iowa stack up relative to either neighboring states or states across the country with regard to either how severe this issue is or how businesses and organizations, government within the state are dealing with it?
1: So, spoiler alert, no one has got this figured out. No state does. But I think there are a lot of bright spots across the country, whether those are communities or those are cities. And I think Iowa has very similar problems to many of the other states, right? You've got a challenge of um, a lot of manufacturing companies, agriculture companies who have shift work that's at the time when childcare is not open. And so you have a lot of challenges of people who are hourly wage employees or non-traditional hours employees who have young children and there's the childcare availability does not match up with their needs. You also have the issue of needing to recruit and retain people in Iowa. That is a little bit unique in that New York City doesn't have a problem with bringing folks to New York City. Some bright spots in Iowa is that you do have a lot of momentum right now in the child care movement. I think a lot of employers, especially during the pandemic, have really heard from their employees that they cannot come back to work because of child care challenges. There are some great advocates, but you also have the issue of rural communities needing to attract and recruit talent and non-traditional hours often being a challenge for families.
0: When you're talking about where people locate, there are certain areas to your point that people would say are destination spots, perhaps Mm -hmm. because of the weather or obviously if there's a family connection, larger population areas. And so you have to, if you're going to be attracting a good solid workforce to a location that people may not think of, initially. It could be wonderful with regard to schools. It could be wonderful with regard to quality of life, but you've got to, I guess, sweeten the pot a little bit, as you've suggested, in order to get people to take a second look at a place that somebody on the coast might just think is in the middle of flyover country.
1: And I think for a lot of employers, it is a recruitment and retention tool in anywhere, right? I mean, a construction company in Denver is competing with Milwaukee. They're competing with Chicago. I mean, Everyone is dealing with recruitment and retention issues, knowing that prior to the pandemic, we had jobs without people and people without jobs, right? That's happening now, but in a different, for different reasons. But I think when you have a lot of people who have been laid off recently for reasons out of folks' control, you also have a lot of families who are thinking, is this where I want to be? Should I move closer to family? Should I you know, move elsewhere where the quality of living is better. And so I think there is an opportunity coming out of the pandemic for employers to really focus on bringing workers back into the workforce who want to live in communities. We did a report with the Iowa Association of Business and Industry prior to the pandemic. Iowa has the largest female labor force participation rate in the country. And now don't quote me on that for today, but at the time of the report, they did. And so I think that's also a unique challenge facing Iowa and a a great problem to have, but also a a unique challenge in that you've got a lot of families with dual income households who are also trying to balance childcare. And so as we look coming out of the pandemic, when we don't have access to childcare, it is those middle income, dual income families who are having conversations at the kitchen table saying, is it worth it for both of us to stay in the workforce or should one of us stay home? And I think that's a fear that, you know, the chamber has coming out of the pandemic that we may see a lot of businesses Trying to go back to work and not all of their employees coming back because of childcare.
0: We've outlined some of the challenges. So, what Mm -hmm. are the opportunities? What are some of the solutions that those who might be listening to the program, whether they're employees or employers, what are some of the possible solutions they might be able to consider employing?
1: I think there are a lot of solutions, and I would encourage every employer of every sector, I'd encourage every parent who's in any sector to tell your employer that there, there is an option that works for you. You know, there is no one size fits all. There's not one solution, but it really matters on what working parents need. And I think one bright spot of the pandemic, as hard as it can be defined is that employers are realizing this is a major issue. I think the nature of the virtual world, right? You're in my home when we're on zoom, you can see what's happening. A four-year-old can come join the call. You know, I think, I think that has allowed us to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit to acknowledge that folks have dual roles, and we're constantly trying to have one hat on or the other. So I think the initial encouragement I would give to everyone is have a conversation with your manager or have a conversation with your supervisees about their childcare needs and what's working, what's not working.
0: Julia Barfield, Senior Manager of Policy and Programs at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation's Center for Education and Workforce. We connected via Zoom on Thursday, January 7. There's more to the conversation, and you can hear it all by listening to the IBR Extra podcast. Just go to totallyiowa.com and click On Radio Programs. Still to come, the gross domestic product numbers are in for 2020 and an Iowa-based business that focuses on your business's digital needs. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by the Center for Business Growth and Innovation at the University of Northern Iowa, working to maximize economic impact for Iowa entrepreneurs, online at cbgi.uni.edu. The U.S. economy grew at a 4% annual rate in the final three months of 2020, but thanks to the global pandemic, the economy shrank overall last year by the largest amount in 74 years. For 2020 as a whole, the economy contracted 3.5%. Now, Thursday's report from the Commerce Department estimated that the nation's GDP, the gross domestic product, its total output of goods and services, in other words, was a true roller coaster. In the second quarter, when the economy went into a free fall, the GDP dropped by 33.4%. But it surged by 33.4% in the third quarter, a record gain for any single three-month period. The fourth quarter showed growth, but obviously not at that rate. The pandemic's blow to the economy early last spring ended the longest U.S. economic expansion on record, nearly 11 years. The damage from the virus caused GDP to contract at a 5% annual rate in last year's first quarter as COVID-19 first made its way into this country. The estimated drop in GDP for 2020 was the first such decline since a 2.5% fall in 2009 during the recession that followed the 2008 financial crisis. For more perspective, prior to last year, the deepest annual setback was a drop of 11.6% in 1946 when the economy was demobilizing after World War II and a 12.9% fall in 1932 during the Great Depression. As for 2021, economists warn that a sustained recovery won't likely take hold until vaccines are administered nationwide and government-enacted rescue aid spreads through the economy. And all that will still take some months. Coming up, making sense of all this digital communication. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by the Center for Business Growth and Innovation at the University of Northern Iowa. Follow them on Twitter at UNICBGI. In this week's business profile, we meet Drew Hardin, president and co-founder of Blue Compass, which in a short time has become one of the Midwest's leading digital marketing companies. Blue Compass
2: is a digital marketing company, and we spend each and every day giving good organizations a clear digital direction for their website, for their social media, for their online presence. And so we have a full team of designers, developers, and digital marketers that just spend each and every day getting more people to go to our clients' websites and then getting them to convert on those websites. Or in other words, getting them to complete the actions that our clients want them to take once they get to the website. So we do that through web design and development, through search engine optimization, which is one of our specialties, through user experience testing. I mean, we watch what people do when they get to websites, how they interact, and then we improve websites to make them more conducive to our clients' goals. And then we do social media marketing, digital ads, a lot of content marketing, you know, writing blog articles, online videos, and things like that.
0: It used to be 10, 15, certainly 20 years ago, a business would put a web page up because they thought they had to. But sure. they're in the business of doing their business. They're not necessarily in the business of marketing. And this has become so nuanced and so broad now with all of the social media. Yeah. It's really hard for a business without a dedicated team within that business to do it right. And so what you're doing is saying, let us be your dedicated team.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, we have a full team here of people who do this each and every day. And we've gotten really good at it over the years. Usually, you know, our clients are really busy, and they're doing things that are fit into their industry and their expertise, and they don't necessarily have time to be up to date with all the latest Google algorithm changes or know what Facebook is up to. And so we do a really good job here of just staying on top of all those changes that might affect our clients online presence. And so for Google, for instance, I mean, if they make just a tweak to the algorithm, that can make some websites decrease on the Google search engine result page. And if your site goes down just one or two places, that can lead to a decent amount of decrease in the visitors that are coming to that page. And that ultimately means, you know, less visitors, less awareness, less conversions and ultimately less dollars for the business. So it's really a big deal. And it's so complicated and it's changing all the time that, you know, most of our clients just don't have time to keep up with it. We want them to keep focusing on what they're really good at. And we want them to feel like we are an extension of their team.
0: As you have seen this just explode in terms of when you started, it was just web and now it is all of that point-to-point marketing with social media and this new explosion of additional competing platforms, does that suggest to you that the opportunities are even more going forward than they have been? In other words, is this still on the upswing?
2: It's still on the upswing, yeah, it is. And, you know, especially with the year 2020, I think people are realizing that their online presence is more important than ever. You know, some people tell me, I, you know, I don't know if I need a lot of this digital marketing. I, my website isn't very important because it's really person to person. It's a handshake. That's how I get business. And I think that's a great way to get business. And uh, people say it's really word of mouth. But the thing is, you know, online presence these days almost is word of mouth. You know, if you go meet with someone, you go to coffee and they mention, Hey, there's this great organization out there named X, Y, and Z, and they name your organization, uh, you should go check them out. They're, you know, located in Des Moines, Iowa. You, you go to your desk and you can't remember the name of the place. I mean, you're going to Google the industry and in Des Moines, Iowa, or you're going to Google the name of the place if you do remember it. You know, ultimately, digitally, you're going to be led there one way or another. And people really judge organizations based on their online presence, based on their website, you know, by what reviews say, by their social media accounts. So, no matter how any of us get business or grow our organizations, these days, I mean, digital presence is a big part of it, no matter what. So it's it's really important, and it's uh, it's really rewarding, Jeff, to find you know good organizations and good clients that love to grow and want to try new things online, and uh, that's one of my favorite experiences about my job.
0: And it also occurs to me whenever I hear people say, well, I don't need social media or I don't need a robust web presence. And I always ask them, well, how do you find information about news, about businesses? How do you do this? And they immediately pick up their phone and they start using a web browser or connecting on a platform like Facebook. So that's the proof right there. These individuals who say they don't need it use it for everything else. So why wouldn't they think that the public would use it? To find them
2: absolutely, absolutely. I think that's true in most cases. So it's just the way of the world these days, and uh, it's very, very important.
0: So, as you run this business from the heart of Iowa, what are some things you think you can do with Blue Compass out of the Des Moines Metro that maybe you couldn't do if you were in a Chicago, a New York, a Miami, a Los Angeles?
2: Sure. Wow, well, that's a great question, Jeff. Des Moines and and just Iowa in general is such a unique place. And while I've lived here all my life, I've traveled quite a bit and I've spent a lot of time in L.A., in New York uh, and done business. in. you know, we have clients in many different states around the country. We have clients in New York and, and California and Texas, all over the place. And, you know, the people in Iowa, probably everyone says this, but the people in Iowa, are unique. And you always hear about Iowa nice, but I really think it's true. The people in Iowa are so kind and nice. Not that there aren't kind of nice people elsewhere in the country, but there's just something about Iowa people um, that are just generally caring and considerate. And I really think that's led to a lot of our relationships and success that we've had. We have a lot of clients here in Iowa, and, you know, just the work ethic too, Jeff. I mean, there's good work ethic all over the country and in the Midwest for sure. But I don't know if we would experience, you know, if we had a team that was, you know, out of a the a coast or something like that. I'm not sure we quite have the same experience and, um, you know, familial bond we have here. So I just think there's a lot of good, unique things about Iowa. And it's a, an exciting place to be. You know, with everything happening, lots of people are moving. And I think people are looking a little more into the Midwest. And there's a lot of talent here. And generally, the prices are very reasonable. The work ethic is very strong. There's a lot that Iowa has to offer that isn't necessarily around the rest of the country.
0: So what are the greatest challenges for the next five years, let's say, for you to meet your goals as the founder of Blue Compass?
2: Sure. Well, that's a great question. I think one of the things that we were really challenged with early on and that we've gotten better at, but that we need to keep in mind for the future, is company culture. When we started Blue Compass, you know, we always wanted to have a really fun, exciting place to work that was very supportive. And we certainly were that for a number of years. And then I feel like once we got into year, I don't know, five, six, seven, um, we struggled a bit with it just because I always thought just the positive – power of my personality was enough to keep a great culture. And maybe that's true for, you know, a smaller business with just a few people, but once we started growing to 12, 15, 20 people, you really have to be intentional about that culture. And I realized that my role as president of this company, my my number one purpose is to make our values known to our team to live them out to articulate them, and just make our vision, mission, and values very clear to everyone. And, you know, we came up with really strong values. We are positive. We give clients our best. We grow our expertise. We support one another. And the last one, which is everyone's favorite, we reject drama and gossip. And I feel like, you know, if we can create an organization where people don't have to do that, where they feel very supported, where they're free to have fun, They can spend those energies instead in doing great creative work. I'm a big believer that, you know, clients will never really truly love an organization before the team members do. I think it just seeps through when you have that great culture. So that's probably one of our biggest focuses.
0: Drew Harden, president and co-founder of Blue Compass, a West Des Moines-based digital marketing company, online at bluecompass.com. We spoke via Zoom on Tuesday, January 26th. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.